With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. ...deserted, and he was gradually yielding to the more painful conviction that she was dead when his hopes were suddenly revived in a new and singular manner. The young commander was slowly and sorrowfully returning from an evening parade of his troops to his own quarters, which stood at some little distance from the place of the encampment, and on the same high bluff of land, when his vacant eyes fell on the figure of a man who, by the regulations of the place, was not entitled to be there at that forbidden hour. The stranger was meanly dressed, with every appearance about his person and countenance, of squalid poverty and of the most dissolute habits. Sorrow had softened the military pride of Middleton, and, as he passed the crouching form of the intruder, he said, in tones of great mildness, or rather of kindness, you will be given a night in the guardhouse, friend, should the patrol find you here. There is a dower. Go, and get a better place to sleep in, and something to eat. I will swallow all my food, Captain, without chewing, returned the vagabond with a low exultation of an accomplished villain, as he eagerly seized the silver. Make this Mexican twenty, and I will sell you a secret. Go, go, said the other, with a little of his soldier's severity, returning to his manner. Go, before I order the guard to seize you. Well, go, I will. But if I do go, Captain, I shall take my knowledge with me, and then you may live a widower betwitched till the tattoo of life is beat off. What mean you, fellow? exclaimed Middleton, turning quickly towards the wretch, who was already dragging his diseased limbs from the place. I mean to have the value of this dollar in Spanish brandy, and then to come back and sell you my secret for enough to buy a barrel. If you have anything to say, speak now continued Middleton, restraining with difficulty the impatience that urged him to betray his feelings. I am dry, and I can never talk with elegance when my throat is husky, Captain. How much will you give to know what I can tell you? Let it be something handsome, such as one gentleman can offer to another. I believe it would be better justice to order the drummer to pay you a visit, fellow. To what does your boasted secret relate? Matrimony. A wife and no wife. A pretty face and a rich bride. Do I speak plain now, Captain? If you know anything relating to my wife, say it at once. You need not fear for your reward. Ay, Captain, I have drove many a bargain in my time, and sometimes I have been paid in money, and sometimes I have been paid in promises. Now the last are what I call pinching food. Name your price. Twenty. No, damn it, it's worth thirty dollars if it's worth a cent. Here, then, is your money, but remember, if you tell me nothing worth knowing, I have a force that can easily deprive you of it again, and punish your insolence in the bargain. The fellow examined the bank bills he received with a jealous eye, and then pocketed them, apparently well satisfied of their being genuine. I like a northern note, he said very coolly. 
they have a character to lose like myself. No fear of me, Captain. I am a man of honour, and I shall not tell you a word more, nor a word less than I know of my own knowledge to be true. Proceed, then, without further delay, or I may repent, and order you to be deprived of all your gains, the silver as well as the notes. Honour, if you die for it, returned the miscreant, holding up a hand in affected horror at so treacherous a threat. Well, Captain, you must know that gentlemen don't all live by the same calling. Some keep what they've got, and some get what they can. You've been a thief. I scorn the word. I have been a humanity hunter. Do you know what that means? Ay, it has many interpretations. Some people think the woolly heads are miserable, working on hot plantations under a broiling sun, and all such sorts of inconveniences. Well, Captain, I have been in my time a man who has been willing to give them the pleasures of variety, at least, by changing the scene for them. You understand me? You are in plain language a kidnapper. Have been, my worthy Captain, have been, but just now a little reduced, like a merchant who leaves off selling tobacco by the hogshead, to deal in it by the yard. I have been a soldier, too, in my day. What is said to be the great secret of our trade, can you tell me that? I know not said Middleton, beginning to tire of the fellow's trifling. Courage! No, legs, legs to fight with, and legs to run away with, and therein you see my two callings agreed. My legs are none of the best just now, and without legs a kidnapper would carry on a losing trade. But then there are men enough left, better provided than I am. Stolen? groaned the horror-struck husband. Honor travels, as sure as you are standing still. "'Villain, what reason have you for believing a thing so shocking?' "'Hands off, hands off! Do you think my tongue can do its work for the better for a little squeezing of the throat? Have patience, and you shall know it all. But if you treat me so ungenteely again, I shall be obliged to call in the assistance of the lawyers. Say on! But if you utter a single word more or less than the truth, expect instant vengeance.' "'Are you fool enough to believe what such a scoundrel as I am tells you, Captain, unless it has probability to back it? I know you are not, therefore. I will give my facts and my opinions, and then leave you to chew on them, while I go and drink of your generosity. I know a man who is called Abram White. I believe the knave took the name to show his enmity to the race of blacks. But this gentleman is now, and has been for years, to my certain knowledge, a regular translator of the human body from one state to another. I have dealt with him in my time, and a cheating dog he is. No more honor in him than meat in my stomach. I saw him here in this very town, the day of your wedding. He was in company with his wife's brother, and pretended to be a settler on the hunt for a new land. A noble set they were, to carry on business, seven sons, each of them as tall as your sergeant with his cap on. Well, the moment I heard that your wife was lost, I saw at once that Abram had laid his hands on her. Do you know this? Can this be true? What reason have you to fancy a thing so wild? Reason enough. I know Abram White. Now, will you add a trifle, just to keep my throat from parching? Go, go, you are stupefied with drink already, miserable man, and know not what you say. Go, go, and beware the drummer. Experience is a good guide. The fellow called after a retiring Middleton, and then turning with a chuckling laugh, like one well satisfied with himself, he made the best of his way towards the shop of the sutler. A hundred times in the course of that night did Middleton fancy that the communication of the miscreant was entitled to some attention, and as often did he reject the idea as too wild and visionary for another thought. 
he was awakened early on the following morning, after passing a restless and nearly sleepless night, by his orderly, who came to report that a man was found dead on the parade, at no great distance from his quarters. Throwing on his clothes, he proceeded to the spot, and beheld the individual with whom he had held the preceding conference, in the precise situation in which he had first been found. The miserable wretch had fallen a victim to his intemperance. This revolting fact was sufficiently proclaimed by his obtruding eyeballs, his bloated countenance, and the nearly insufferable odors that were even then exhaling from his carcass. Disgusted with the odious spectacle, the youth was turning from the sight, after ordering the corpse to be removed, when the position of one of the dead men's hands struck him. On examination, he found the forefinger extended, as if in the act of writing in the sand, with the following incomplete sentence, nearly illegible, but yet in the state to be deciphered. Captain, it is true, as I am a gentle. He had either died, or fallen into a sleep, the forerunner of his death, before the latter word was finished. Concealing this fact from the others, Middleton repeated his orders, and departed. The pertinacity of the deceased, and all the circumstances united, induced him to set on foot some secret inquiries. He found that a family answering the description which had been given him had in fact passed the place the day of his nuptials. They were traced among the margin of the Mississippi for some distance, until they took boat and ascended the river to its confluence with the Missouri. Here they had disappeared like hundreds of others in pursuit of the hidden wealth of the interior. Furnished with these facts, Middleton detailed the small guard of his most trusty men, took leave of Don Augustine without declaring his hopes or his fears, and having arrived at the indicated point, he pushed into the wilderness in pursuit. It was not difficult to trace a train like that of Ishmael until he was well assured its object lay far beyond the usual limits of the settlements. This circumstance in itself quickened his suspicions and gave additional force to his hopes of final success. After getting beyond the assistance of verbal directions, the anxious husband had recourse to the usual signs of a trail in order to follow the fugitives. This he also found a task of no difficulty until he reached the hard and unyielding soil of the rolling prairies. Here, indeed, he was completely at fault. He found himself at length compelled to divide his followers appointing a place of rendezvous at a distant day, and to endeavor to find a lost trail by multiplying, as much as possible, the number of his eyes. He had been alone a week, when accident brought him in contact with the trapper and the bee-hunter. Part of their interview had been related, and the reader can readily imagine the explanations that succeeded the tale he recounted, and which led, as has already been seen, to the recovery of his bride. End of chapter 15